All right. So good evening and welcome to Ditch the Diet and Face the Feelings. Tonight I have with me Sandra and Sarah. Unfortunately, Sharon will not be able to make it because she is busy preparing a feast for, I believe, 150 veterans to serve tomorrow. So they're doing a Christmas dinner. She's helping cater it and um, her hands apparently are full. Hopefully she hasn't eaten all the cookies. <laughs> yeah. So Sandra, um, you are first time on this panel. And I am. We would love to hear a little bit more about you because even though I know you well, um, our viewers might not. So I know that you are a health and nutrition coach. But you are so much more than give us a back. Yeah, I'm actually a retired nurse now who's okay. taken up her um, health coaching. I've always been kind of a holistic type nurse over, over the meds, never been one that really liked the medications. Uh, so always encouraged clients to look at alternative ways um did my bhc from uh, holistic health coach institute uh -huh. and then went into uh, eating psychology with mark david okay wow all right and i know hey tony lee how are you doing I know, Sarah, you are currently still studying. So how about you give us a bit of an update on those studies, if you don't mind? <laughs> sure. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had our first of four exams. And I'm happy to say that I aced it. I've just been thoroughly enjoying the subject matter and the material on uh, the video presentations, um, studying with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to become a certified health coach through them. And okay. uh, yeah, so loving it, loving it. It's definitely giving me lots to think about and a great new direction to shift my coaching practice. Yeah, okay, wow. All right, so today's hot topic is beyond the body, which is what um, we were going to have Sharon lead us on, but unfortunately she's not here, so that's no problem. Um, I believe I can still do that. Um, beyond the body, what we mean by this is talking about all of those practices that we can use daily as needed, to keep us grounded, keep us in the moment. Um, that when we're feeling that craving for sugar or for caffeine or whatever that craving may be that we're struggling with today, um, that we can do in the moment. So I would love, Sarah, if you would take us through a balanced breathing, if that's okay with you. <laughs> Do you want me to do a guided breathing exercise? A guided breathing exercise would be absolutely perfect if you're okay with that. Sure, I would, I would be happy to do that. Okay, everybody, this is Bernie, my assistant. Uh, so find yourself seated comfortably, 
feet flat on the ground or if, if possible and hands just resting gently in your lap. And you may or may not want to close your eyes during this, that's entirely up to you. And we're just going to begin breathing deeply in through your nose and start with maybe a count of four and then breathing out for a matching breath of four. And just try to balance. You'll find your own count, what feels the most natural to you, four, five, six, whatever it is, just find your own rhythm and breathe deeply. And on your next in-breath, I want you to stretch your shoulders back a little bit and really open up your rib cage and just breathe that beautiful, exquisite breath into your chest cavity and just open up that space around your heart and let the light of compassion begin to illuminate from your heart space and extend out through your body, just breathing comfortably, easily, in for a count and out for a count, whatever feels the best to you. And letting a sense of gratitude and love and peace fill your body and begin to emanate out beyond the confines of your physical body. Let that vibration of love emanate out into the room, extend it out beyond your fingertips, beyond your toes, and stretch it out as far as you can, all the while breathing in and matching your breath out. And just extending love, light, and compassion into the world and feeling it return to you, that beautiful light swirling around in your chest cavity, illuminating the spaces. And after a couple of more gentle breaths in and out, when you feel balanced, return to the room and rejoin us. Thank you so much, Sarah. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, yeah, so, especially since I just dumped that on you without any more words whatsoever. Yeah. But, you know, each one of us has our own practices of how do you bring yourself back into the now, into this moment, into being totally here, not in that craving, not in the fridge, not, you know, um, concerned or anxious. Um, and I think that that's a beautiful practice to have given people before Christmas, mm. especially, you know, if they're, if they're walking into any situation, any environment where that they feel that they just need to calm themselves beforehand. Mm. 
Um, and that's just a beautiful way to say, okay, this is how we do it. Because we've talked a number of times about doing that, but we've never actually shown people how to do that. Right. And by so, doing, Sandra, I, I was going to say, just so people know why we're doing that, the benefit of it is to take yourself from a stressed or sympathetic state into a nice, calm, parasympathetic state where your body can relax, relax and you're not producing a ton of cortisol and stress hormones. So it's a very beneficial. I think there is an old saying about breathing, you know, just breathe and count to 10. I think there's a lot of benefit to that. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I was told was that cannot hold two thoughts in your mind at the same time yeah. so when you are counting to 10 you are not thinking whatever that thought was that was winding you up mm -hmm. and so therefore you are lowering the stress in your body yeah, yeah. and the counting is key it really is um, because it does give your mind something simple to focus on and so you just down regulate and get calm absolutely so Sandra I would love to hear from you what your recommendations your suggestions to clients to patients even when you are nursing uh, you know if you're looking at beyond the body not just um, uh, you know don't eat this or you know do that what those kind of recommendations are of, okay, you know, in, instead of focusing on the food and what I want to stick in my mouth, how, how you recommend to handle that? Um, generally, I would have to say that it's really ask yourself, is that the food that you really want? Is that cookie what you really want? And if so, then go ahead and have it. But once you ask yourself the question, you're going to come up with, ah, it's not really the cookie that I want. That isn't what I want. I have to look deeper. Because most of the times when we find ourselves going to the fridge, grabbing that cookie or the ice cream, whatever it could be, it's really not that. It's deeper than that. So by stopping, pausing, asking the question, nine times out of 10, everybody's going to go, nah, heck, I'm just pissed right off and I needed that cookie to satisfy that. Yeah, so the counting, <laughs> the counting to 10 actually can, can actually dissipate that. And yeah. I, I thought, Sarah, you posted yesterday, I think, a great post about our sense of smell. Right. Yeah. And my own experiment that I did on myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would love to hear about that as well. Yeah, so I, I don't even know how I came to it, but I, I think I, I read somewhere about our sense of smell when we first smell things that we like, whether it's baking cookies or popcorn or whatever those wonderful homey smells are. When you first smell it, it can just be such a draw for you to go and eat that thing but when you're exposed to something aromatic 
after somewhere between two and three minutes, you can't actually smell it any longer. So if you can just stand strong for three minutes, you know, uh-huh. like my experiment was, I didn't tell anybody ahead of time because I didn't think I would be able to do it, but I did it. But anyway, for one year, I didn't buy any movie popcorn when we went to the theater. And I have to tell you that the smell of fresh popped corn, when I walk into the theater, I'm just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm there. I'm in the line for the popcorn. <laughs> no, you have to get your own. I don't share. So it was like, <laughs> and so, but because I was aware of the fact that, okay, it's just two or three minutes of me smelling this popcorn thinking, oh, I have to have it. I have to have it. And just living through it thinking it's okay. I can smell it. And then I really started to notice how quickly my sense of smell dissipated and I really couldn't smell the popcorn anymore. And I lasted the entire year and I love to go to the movies. So we were there quite a bit. So yeah, it's, you know, your, your olfactory senses just sort of shut down after a little while. So, so do you think that would work with the Christmas turkey? Absolutely. Walk in and smell it and just inhale, stand over the turkey for three minutes, just breathing it in and let everybody wonder what the heck are you doing? Breathe in the smell. And then you won't even be able to smell it after that. Well, you know, and you and I had a really interesting conversation, oh, months ago now, where we were talking about how many bites of food does it take before you lose that taste, that sense of the exquisiteness of something that's delicious, and it just becomes food. Right, right. And it's the the addict's mind, really, because that first, I'll use vanilla ice cream as my example, because that first taste of vanilla ice cream is just so, so exquisite, so good. And then every bite after that is like diminishing returns on that first taste, but you're always trying to recreate that first flavor in your mouth. So really, if you just had one bite of ice cream and let it go, you would have just thoroughly enjoyed all of the ice cream. Right. And, you know, I was at a hotel recently with a buffet and they had these fabulous tiny little containers of passion fruit mousse. I had one of those and it was spectacular. I made the mistake of going back for a second one and it wasn't as good as that first one. (laughs) And I was disappointed. I, I, I was really disappointed and it was like, oh, it's not that the second one was not as good as the first. It's that that, that, that sensation on your taste buds yeah. has already diminished. It's a bit like being in a perfume store where, you know, they have the coffee beans available for you. That, you know, when you, you, you check one perfume and then you move to the next one, you know, you clear your sense of smell with the coffee before going to the next one so you can really enjoy that full aroma yeah or like in in 
certain fancy restaurants or, you know, six course meal or something where you'll get some sorbet between, um, between rounds. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, they, yeah. Cleanse your palate. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, I mean, we talked about this, I think last week or the week before about really enjoying your meal, about really enjoying each mouthful, each bite and really being in there. Now that's obviously not what we're talking about today, but I just <laughs> wanted to remind people about, you know, focus mindfully on each bite. How much are you enjoying this mouthful of food? And if the thrill is gone, you know, like that new love and that new relationship and the brand new car or whatever, that thrill is gone, move on. You don't have to finish everything on your plate. You don't have to eat it all. Okay, so I wanted to talk about my personal practice, which is Ho'oponopono, which is a type of meditative practice which is based on forgiveness. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that one of the things that ruins Christmas for us is the broken way in which we relate to other family members. So our way of relating to each other is broken. And one of my suggestions and recommendations to everyone is to let that go and release it before you get to that face-to-face with that person. This is not about them. This is about you. This is about you giving yourself that opportunity to walk into that room with a clean slate. With your energy, with your being, absolutely clear. Whatever's going on in their head, that's their problem, not yours. But at least do it for yourself. So Ho'oponopono, the most basic fundamental part of it, is simply a mantra of four lines. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me and thank you. And you might be thinking, but they're the one that needs to say, I'm sorry. Okay. But if you accept the premise in Ho'oponopono, that we are all connected. I cannot exist in this world without being connected to every other person that exists in this world, past, present, or future. I am in some way responsible for the energy that is in this world. And whatever was said or done or thought, I did. So when I am saying I'm sorry, I'm saying sorry for my part of putting that energy into the world. So let's say, for example, somebody killed someone. Now, I haven't killed anyone. 
but I have been angry. I have slammed the door violently. I have thought, I wish you were dead. Or whatever the violence of my thoughts, words, and actions may be. I say sorry for that, which I'm responsible for. Any way that I see myself reflected in what that person has said or done for my thoughts about that person, for the anger or the hurt or the resentment that I have harbored, I say sorry. Who am I saying I love you and sorry to? That depends. Sometimes it's to myself. Many times, probably 75% of the time, it's to myself. I'm sorry that I've held on to this for so damn long and not let this go earlier. That, that is my reality personally. It's beautiful. Maybe when we're done, you can share those four lines in, in uh, the Absolutely. description. That'd be so, great. The I forgive you is once again from myself to the person, to myself, and thank you is to myself, to God, to the person, simply for being. It's very powerful. You know, if the Buddhist tenets that thought, word, and deed is, is all the same thing. If you think it, it's the same as acting it. So if you're in this active um, process of always forgiving, asking forgiveness, giving forgiveness to whoever needs it, then, you know, effectively, that's what you're putting out into the universe. So it's great. And, and for me, um, one of the things I struggled with within my Christian faith was that we're told to forgive, but we're not told how to forgive. Okay? We're told we're forgiven. I don't notice it, and I don't feel it. Um, <laughs> you know? And one of the reasons that you don't feel the forgiveness is because you haven't done the work of forgiving yourself. So when I finally, when I learned Hobonobono, it was a huge, oh, this is how I forgive. This is how I move past where I am and I let it all go. And so, you know, my suggestion to everyone is before you get to Christmas, before you get to end of year and you're starting 2019, you say that you're going to burn the, here in Panama, we have a tradition on um, New Year's Eve at midnight. We literally set fire to the old year, which is usually an effigy of the president or Trump or whoever we don't like at the time. Um, and you set fire to them. It's a really memorable moment. But 
let's do the inner work too. It's not just about, you know, setting fire to the effigy. Let, let's really release and let go. It's a wonderful time of year to be doing that. Can I share with you uh, an exercise that I did a few weeks ago? Yes, absolutely. Uh, one of my mentor coaches um, suggested, you know, that I start listing all of my limiting beliefs, everything I believe about myself or did believe about myself. That's just not true. And so I just, I wrote, I don't know, I probably had 30 little, just little slips of paper this big. And I just started writing and, you know, I thought, well, I'll write down all three of them. And lo and behold, you know, <laughs> 10 minutes later, I had 30 of them. So I wrote down all of them. I just got them all out on paper. And then I took each one of those limiting negative beliefs and on a fresh piece of paper, I changed it to my new true value-based belief and made an entire list of new beliefs for myself. And then I took all of those scraps of paper with the limiting beliefs and I actually put them in my mortar and put my mortar in my fireplace and then I lit them on fire and I, I incinerated all of those limiting beliefs. And it was a really cathartic exercise. Um, Absolutely might be a good pre-holiday or pre-end of year activity for people to participate in. Burn safely. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it's really cathartic. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Sandra? Um, I do similar to what Sarah does. I also do a lot of journaling and just write until it's all out um it sometimes takes a long time i heard one coach say not so long ago that you write until you've got nothing left to write and then you go do your job <laughs> so that's one that i use a lot with my clients the other one that i use with my clients is well two things actually one is that they get feeling like a ball of white light that's in their center and they spread it out through their fingers down their legs. And then they take and imagine that they put a blanket around themselves and they zip it all up so that they have all that energy inside oh. them. Um, and the other one that I've done with a couple is where they come home from work and they're totally rung out from work and ticked off because stuff happened and it's like I have them imagine that they're opening up the front door they have this hat of all this negative garbage that's gone on for the day and before they open the door up they take that hat off and throw it away Beautiful. and then walk in yes absolutely Absolutely. And the benefit of all of these practices is it gets it outside of your body. 
right? It removes it from what we're processing internally. Get it out there and get rid of it. And, and that was one of the reasons why we were talking about beyond the body. You know, we, we don't want to keep this in. And a lot of the time we've used food to stuff it down, to drown it, to, you know, to digest it. Because we haven't known how to get it out. It's and so, Sorry, Beth. It's also too, it's also too that we're not just stuffing it down with food, but our soul is asking us to look at what are we feeling? Why are we stuffing this down? Absolutely. And, and really look at what's going on inside. Yeah. Unfortunately, we generally don't like to be uncomfortable. So... <laughs> You know, and so, so we do, you know, we don't want to sit in that feeling. We don't want to think about everything that we have to forgive and release, for example. Um, I've done, early, well, earlier this year, I gave myself one whole day for forgiveness, where I literally spent a day in, of silence by myself. And I sat there and I went through what I knew I needed to forgive. And then I went through what was happening in my community that I could not live with and then looked within as to what, how is this reflected and how I do things? What do I need to forgive in myself again? Then I went more macro to what's happening in my country that I don't want to live with that I want to release. And then you, you, you can take this as big as you wish, you know? How many times have I walked past a beggar and not given them something? What's the difference between that and the starving kids in Sudan? Nothing. Okay. So, you know, when I'm talking about, you know, that, that level of forgiveness and Ho'oponopono and recognizing that everyone and everything is connected, it's really bringing it back to what am, what role am I playing in this world and what do I need to forgive in myself? You know, how do I work on clearing all this energy? Um, so yeah, for, for me, that's a beautiful practice. And like I said, I, I try and take one to two um, days every year just for this. You know, starting obviously with myself and then just working my way out. Um, and the day is whatever it is, you know. Um, but do I feel like I'm floating at the end of the day? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a huge unburdening. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Our time is, we are, as always, over our half hour. I don't know where the time goes. It goes so fast. <laughs> it does, it does. But I want to thank you both ladies so much. 
and mm -hmm. for um, Susan, Tony Lee, and the others that are watching us, thank you so much. If you're catching this on the replay, please let us know with hashtag replay. And we'll catch you again next week, same time, same place here on Facebook Live. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, Bye -bye. everyone. Bye.